0: Footy Live's weekend watch list is here again, and if you're a fan of close contests, you might want to look somewhere else for this weekend's football, as only one of the nine contests is deemed to be a tight one by the bookmakers. But hey, what do they know? The Blues and the Swans kick off things on tonight, Friday night, with the closest game of the round, followed by a fascinating game between the Dogs and the Suns down in Ballarat, and of course... We all get excited for Dreamtime at the G between Richmond and Heston on Sunday night. Blowouts and upsets were plenty last week, and so with me to help you decide what to keep an eye out for, what to watch, and who to tip, is Footy Lives resident expert and Hawthorne superfan, Nick Guglielmino. <laughs> Nicky G, how's the footy been for you this week?
1: Yeah, not too bad, Gordo. Uh, mixed feelings today. Some good news about the grand final and some not so good news about uh, McDonald Tip and Woody. But uh, we'll talk about that in a second. But yeah, like you said, um, yeah, not, not the like last week. I feel like these matches coming up this weekend. Again, they they're all pointing one way, most of them, except for Friday night. But uh, uh, there's always an upset in footy, um, as we found out last week again. So looking forward to it.
0: Absolutely, and as you said there, it's a sad day as a cult hero of the football uh, in the last mm-hmm. couple of years. McDonald's Woody has retired from the AFL, um, yeah. citing personal reasons above anything else really, um, yeah. and saying that he's just ready for a life beyond football, and I suppose yet again, it just kind of highlights the fact that uh, a lot of the top-end Indigenous players struggle with the transition to city life, and mm. the reality is at the moment that AFL is indeed a city lifestyle for all intents and purposes.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's um, extremely disappointing to see players move away from the game during their prime. Like, obviously, McDonald, and Woody would have still had plenty to give, um, still one of the... Uh, best ball forwards in the game, and he's up and running. And um, yeah, it's it's obviously a big loss to the AFL and to Essendon as well. So, um, but again, like he, he's done what's best for him, and I guess we can just be happy for for him and what he's already given to us, uh, in the game. So obviously, one of the you know uh, most exciting players to watch.
0: And I think it also highlights opportunity for the AFL. You know, all the talk is about Tasmania. And when we talk about, you know, expanding the competition to 20 teams or getting teams in different catchments, I think that is one area they definitely need to look at. For the, for the sole reason of there's, there's actually, you know, an overpopulation of footballers that come from the top end and from, and from the NT or the Tiwi Islands. Yeah. And, you know, that probably makes as much sense of having a competition in the club there as it does having one come out of Tasmania where, you know, there's probably our population is less dense and especially in terms of AFL and throughout history, Mm -hmm. AFL, VFL footballers. So fingers crossed we get to see some top-end footy and then potentially, Mm -hmm. you know, we get to keep these players for a little bit longer, but at the end of the day, that's just us being selfish fans and then you should just do what's right for you as a footballer, as a person, as a human being, and we wish uh, Anthony all the best with his future pursuits. Speaking of the future... We're going back to the future. We're locking in an AFL Grand funnel. It returns in 2022. You're a traditionalist, Nico, so you must love this news.
1: Yeah, yeah. The fans', the fans voice uh, won today. Uh, I guess, yeah, it's a, it's a win for traditionalists. But I also think it's, it's a win for the game. You know, tradition's the best thing. Um, yes, it's, it's not what they do um, across the world um, in other major sporting events, uh, playing games. When the sun's up and, you know, yes, it's not great for fireworks, it's not great for entertainment, but it's our tradition. And I think, you know, I don't know, as the as the game grows, I think we're moving more and more away from tradition and I don't think it's a good thing. So um, it's good to keep hold of this. Uh, hopefully they keep hold of it for years to come as well. Um, yeah, uh, I just think it's 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 something that we need. There's nothing better for me on Grand Final day to, you know, have people coming around to your house early on and you know putting on the barbecue, opening, cracking open some cold beers, and um, enjoying the footy during the day, and then partying on for the rest of the night afterwards. So yeah, it, it's a win for footy for me um, to keep that two thirty time slot.
0: Yeah, how to disagree with you there. You know. Our childhoods were built around grand final afternoons, as were our uni days, as were everyone else's, you know, party party sequences, and that's what it is. It's a festival. It's a festival mm-hmm. of football, and that's it's that lets you into the gateway of anything that the evening can bring. Or you get the home kids home early to to bed. All the all the options are open when it's the afternoon game, and it's the traditional part of the game, and you know, great to see it keep that way. Yeah. Speaking yeah. of great things, we've got one. Two, in fact. We've got two must watch games this weekend. The first yeah. one that you have selected, Nico eh? Carlton and Sydney, fourth versus fifth on the ladder. They're doing battle under the Marvel roof tonight, superhero action in prime time on a Friday night. The Blues record their seventh win. They're into the four. However, the Swans are chasing hard. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, this is a must watch for you, but what will you be watching out for from both of these teams?
1: Yeah, well, it's obviously a must-watch because they're, they're two teams at that uh, top end of the ladder, both looking for the top four spot. And I guess uh, what, what am I looking out for? I'm looking out for Sydney to um, um, gather some momentum. They they obviously won last week against the against the Bombers. Um, that was their first win in um, uh, in three games. They lost their previous two, um, but for them, like we we, we had them as uh, Premiership contenders a few weeks ago, so. Then to get back up there, they need to start stringing some wins together, Gordo. Um, Yeah, and as for for Carlton as well, obviously, like you have mentioned, they've made it into the top four, so now they have to start playing. uh, I mean, they are playing like a top four side, obviously, but they've got to continue that way um, for the rest of the season. Um, I, I do believe they've got the potential to be a top four side. Um, they've got quality all over the field. And when they're playing at home, they're very hard to beat. So I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing them have a very good game. And this is going to be a very good contest as well. It's hard to split one of the very uh, few 50-50 games for this weekend. Probably probably the only one, actually. Um, but yeah, I think it's going to be a cracker. Surprisingly, the Swans go in as favorites just. Um, but I'll probably be tipping the Blues in this one, to be honest. I think they'll be too strong to handle at home.
0: It will be interesting to see how the Blues maintain their rage in this one because I think we've seen it week in, week out so far. They come out, out of the blocks hard. They're a very contested team. They're a very clearance-focused team and for, for good reason because they score so heavily from clearances. They're number one uh, from outscoring your opponents. They get two extra goals from centre clearances and their opponents. Mm. And they score from... They get inside 50 from 90% of their centre clearances, um, both ranked number one in the AFL. So they can they can dominate from the centre clearance, but can they sustain that? And history suggests no. It's just if their domination was good enough, they end up winning the games. Whereas Sydney is more like the extended version of that. Sydney is like the more developed version of Carlton, in my opinion, which is probably why they go in favourites. They, they can do what Carlton does. They can do it for longer, and they can do it slightly differently. Uh, the other big factor here for mine is that... Uh, Obviously, Mackay's out, so the forward line is looking very, very different to what was at the start of the season, uh, yeah. whereas Sydney has all their big guns facing up. And yeah, Lance yeah. Franklin doesn't mind playing against Carlton. So I think there's some uh, some indicators pointing towards Sydney here. But what's, make the last argument for the Blues.
1: Well, I mean, firstly about the Swans, I, I don't know if I can... I've gathered a few uh, trust issues with them, so... Uh, over the last few weeks. Oh, that game against Essendon last week it was a very poor Essendon side, it has to be said. And, yes, uh, Sydney did capitalise. But, um, yeah, I think I think with the Blues, they always start off playing well. And once they get momentum on their side, um, they're hard to beat, especially when they've got their fans behind them. I think they've won something like their last uh, five first quarters. And we've seen it so many times this year where they can just get a run on and kick four, five, even more goals in a row. So, um, uh, yeah, I'm not sure if I can trust the swans to, to stop that. Um, like you said though, they, they've got their big guns in. Um, but I, I think the blues have definitely, um, they've passed a few mental tests this season, uh, beating Richmond for the first time in over 10 years. Uh, beating the Giants for the first time in over five years, winning their first game over at the Showgrounds as well. So, um, they, they've shown to us that they're the real deal, and um, I'm going to back them in tonight uh, at home, playing at home against an interstate side. I, I think, um, yeah, I think they'll mash up quite well against the Swans. We'll be back after a quick break.
0: You go, we're already split. Day one of <laughs> this round, we are already split. But that is why it's a must-watch game because we cannot pick a consensus result. Mm-hmm. That was the battle of the top four. Battle for the top eight was my must-watch game. It's Geelong versus Port Adelaide. And at the start of the season, after a couple of weeks, we would have said it's going to be a hundred-point thrashing. yeah Adelaide, terrible start to the season. Going over to the home of the Geelong, where they just love to be up on teams, but. Now they meet Geelong just inside the eight, five and four. Port Adelaide just outside the eight, four and five. And Port have won four straight. And Kenny Hinckley, if he wins this week, he was right. He said, doesn't matter when you lose your five in a row, you lose them and you move on. That's exactly what he's been doing. And meanwhile, Geelong have looked wobbly. And really, they were the better team against St. Kilda, in my humble opinion, for three quarters last week. But the one Mm. quarter which they took off cost them dearly. Mm basically embarrassed in that third quarter, and they can't afford to do that against a Port Adelaide side, which, you know, probably not as good as St Kilda, obviously, at the moment, but definitely yeah. has some scoring firepower. Do you trust Geelong again at home, or are you going to risk it in the tipping stakes and go against the Cats at Cadinia?
1: Mm, yeah, it will be a good game, this one. Uh, with, yeah, with the Cats, you've got, you've got to back them in um, at GMHBA Stadium. They don't often lose there, um, and they're obviously coming off a loss there against Freo a couple of weeks ago. So they don't often lose two in a row down in Geelong. So I'm backing them to respond. I'm backing them to respond after last week's um, capitulation in the third quarter. I, I agree with you. I think they were the better side um, across the course of the game. Um, very unlucky not to win as well um, in the final stages. But... Um, yeah, with Port Adelaide, they get Jonas back into the team. So, slowly, slowly, um, they're getting their full group back together. Obviously, they had those injuries at the start of the year, the form. But, um, yeah, I reckon they'll put up a good fight. I think it was a couple of years ago, uh, this fixture down in Geelong was decided by a couple of points. So, I'm expecting a good game. Uh, it's definitely a must-watch. And, yes, yeah, so I'll be tipping the tip, tipping the cats in this one.
0: Yeah. The battle of the back line versus the Geelong's forward line will be super interesting to watch. So Geelong have taken 15.6 marks per uh, inside 50. They're ranked number mm. one in the competition for that. And Jeremy Cameron is having an absolute barnstorming season, mm. taking yep. over the mantle as the big kahuna down there in Geelong. So they'll have their work cut out for them in the key position stakes. But... If we go back to last year in the qualifying funnel, Geelong got towed up by Port Adelaide, and they got towed up from clearances. They conceded five goals from clearance, their second uh, worst differential in the, their last 38 games. Mm. For the, like Basically, for two years, they just got smashed in clearance. And this year, again, despite Port Adelaide's up and down, they've won post-clearance tackle count by eight per game, ranked number one. They've won the contested possession count by 10 per game, ranked fourth. They're bouncing back. They're going back to what they're really good at Port Adelaide. And if they do that and show up against Geelong's side, which clearly that is one of their weaknesses, is speed out of the contest. They're not a they're not terribly quick team by foot. So leg speed out of the contest can expose them. And I reckon Port can keep this pretty close. But mm. as you said, well, you didn't say it, but you should have said it, smart people don't tip against Geelong at home. <laughs> there are too many things, too much history there. So I'll be taking the safe option and tipping Geelong, but I reckon this game will be very close. Another person who takes the smart option is our super fan, Dario, and he is here with another installment of Dario's Digest. Nikki G, Gordo, Dario here from Buxton Real Estate in Ashburton, once again, giving you another episode of Dario's Digest, giving you something to digest each and every week. Quick one from me again, Gold Coast have a couple big wins down at Metricon, are they now finally building their fortress there? Have a great week, guys. So there you have it, Nico. After a couple of wins, Dario's declared Metricon a fortress. But do you agree?
1: Um, I wouldn't call it a fortress. I think you've got to win a few more games to uh, put that label on. But he makes a good point. Um, they are starting to get a run on there. They are starting to... Um, Get used to I wouldn't say get used to playing down there I think they're very used to playing down there but um, they're stringing a few wins together um, I know they I know they lost uh, a couple of weeks ago down there but they did peak Carlton and then obviously last week's win was a big one against Freo uh, nobody nobody expected that but yeah I mean the, the, the results are backing up uh, for the Suns down there this year um, and yeah, good on them, i, I, I say. Um, yeah, they're becoming hard to score against as well. I think Sydney um, experienced that a few weeks ago, but that was at the SCG. Um, and then Freo last week. I mean, if it wasn't for those two goals in the last quarter, uh, they would have ended with two goals of Dockers for the whole game. So, uh, and they came pretty late on as well. So, yeah, they're, they're becoming hard to play against. And I, I don't think we can be riding off uh, the Suns in as many games as we already do, especially when it's down there at Metricon. So, yeah, I wouldn't classify it a fortress just yet, but um, they're definitely working towards that.
0: You can call it a fortress if you want, but you need the soldiers to defend the fortress. A fortress is no good if there's no one there to defend it, and the soldiers are going on the attack this week. They're down to Ballarat to play against the Bulldogs, and I have this as an upset alert. Because on the back, you know, Dario's seeing some potential there from the Suns, and so am I. And I'm seeing a bit of styles make fights, as you said here. Yeah. They are becoming a very dour and defensive team, really well-structured, and they're starting to commit to the things. You know, this team used to be a team that has heaps of young blood, heaps of top-end talent, heaps of high-draft high mm-hmm. picks, and everyone just used to complain. They don't, don't show enough. They don't, they don't commit enough. They don't do the hard things. They just want to play, you know, freestyle and football, junior football. Well, now they're starting to play, you know, solid, AFL week in, week out football, and another team that can be you know accused of playing bruise free footy a little bit is, is the Bulldogs. And so if they get if they're going down to Ballarat, not the best place to play you know bruise free, feel uh, free flying football and you know fling it yep. about. And so if Gold Coast can keep this in and tight and contested and a bit bit rugged and a bit slow and a bit dour, all of a sudden you know the Bulldogs are there for the taking. Am I reading too much into a couple of weeks' results? Or, you know, is this Bulldogs will just tell up a team because really the Bulldogs are a top-four side and they'll prove us all wrong?
1: No, I agree with you. I think uh, the problem with the Bulldogs is they get dragged down to their level of their opponent. So it obviously happened against the Crows. Uh, it's happened a few times this year, actually. So whenever they're playing against a the side they should be beating, um, the, it ends up being a tight contested game. They've lost. They've, yeah, copped a few upsets. Uh, but their best games this year have come against teams that we're not quite sure if the Bulldogs are actually going to win, you know, uh, the, the games when they, they don't go in as clear favourites. So I like this one as an upset alert. Uh, I'd give the Suns a big chance. If the Suns play the way they did against, um, yeah, I mean, in the last two weeks against Sydney and Frio, uh, like you said, closing down the game, um, taking, taking the skill away from the game pretty much. Um, I'd back them in to win as well. I think uh, there's definitely potential there for an upset. Um, and I think that's the way to take the Bulldogs down as well. Close the running space. When you give their exorbitant amount of midfielders, uh, the, I mean, endless space to run into and use their disposals. And, you know, there's so many damaging plays in that Bulldog side. They're going to win. Um, so, yeah, if you close that down, become tight defensively, you uh, that, that's obviously the way to stop it. We've seen the blueprint this year, and the Suns, as they've shown, are more than capable of doing that.
0: Yeah, and I think that's where you're going to kill them. You're going to kill the dogs at the source before they can run and explode at a stoppage. They've won the pre-clearance ground balls by seven per game. They're ranked number one in that, so they're still really, really good at their, their primary skill, and then it comes at either either end of the ground where they start to struggle the doggies. But Gold Coast in the last four rounds have won the around the ground clearance by seven and a half themselves, ranked number one. So they've shown that they can they can front up contest after mm-hmm. contest. Matt Rowe showed it. Took Miller's been showing it. Everyone's just willing to put their body on the line, create a contest, create another stoppage, create a contest, create another stoppage. It's yeah. not pretty, but it works. And it's it's how Fremantle have rebuilt. It's how the, the Blues have rebuilt. On those on this willingness to just create contests, stay in games and, and learn how to win games of football. And potentially it's finally happening for the Suns as well. So yep. I I don't know if I'm going to tip the Suns, but I reckon it's definitely going to be close.
1: Yeah, I'm probably in the same boat as you actually. I'll tip the for sure. Um, but yeah, there, there's definitely potential there.
0: It is. One, you definitely have to talk your way out of though. Is your upset <laughs> alert. You've gone Your Hawkers to take down arguably the the under-the-radar form side of the competition, the Brisbane Lions. They're trending in opposite directions here. The Hawks fell to their fourth straight defeat last week to Richmond, losing Mm -hmm. by plenty despite leading by 25 points. That's the third time this season that the Hawks have led by more than four four goals but lost. So you need to explain that one first. Meanwhile, Brisbane... Similar situation, they were trailing against the, against the Crows last week and then they blew them out of the water and won by almost 60 points. How can a team like Brisbane, who is so far ahead of the competition except for Melbourne, even be vulnerable to a team like Hawthorne at the moment?
1: Yes, well, on paper, it certainly doesn't back me up like you just mentioned. It's second versus 13th, and maybe I am being a bit biased because I had Hawthorne as my upset last week, which shouldn't go my way, but I genuinely believe there is potential here. They, You know, Brisbane, they haven't beaten Hawthorne since 2019. Last year's game, which was in round 20, so it wasn't that long ago, uh, they fell to Hawthorne in Tassie as well. But only by 12 points, but Hawthorne did lead that game by 53 points at three-quarter time. And mind you, that was when Sam Mitchell's blueprint was well and truly um, in the works in those last few rounds as the transition happened. Um, And you're right, uh, Brisbane is certainly not the team uh, they were last year. I think they're a lot better this year. Um, but I didn't think they were convincing last week. I think they showed some vulnerabilities against the Crows. They obviously, the Lions obviously ran away with it in the last quarter. Um, but yeah, I, I thought uh, they in the first half it was you know a bit of an arm wrestle. And I think if they were going up against a, a better team, uh, they probably would have capitalised against the Lions. And I think Hawthorne are a better team than Adelaide. I think they've got more scoring potential. Even though they haven't hit massive scores this year, um, I think they're dangerous. They can score quickly. Um, and I mean, like, like we've seen over the last few weeks, I think Haw- Hawthorne led by 24 points or 25 points, like you mentioned last week. They led by uh, just under 30 again against Essendon the week before. They've led against the Swans. They know how to build leads. It's, it's all about holding them and um, the two players they get back in also help their attack. Gath is a massive inclusion. Um, he obviously Hawthorne build their game around his style, and and also Tom Mitchell. Um, he's obviously coming off a week's rest, um, so hopefully he comes back refreshed because we've been getting smashed out of the middle. Um, so that's obviously going to be an important part of the game. Can't let Brisbane uh, dominate the midfield. Can't let Lockie Neal. Um, get a hold of the game, but you know, down in Tassie, I think this—I think Hawthorne, they're, they're due for a win, this is four losses in a row now, I think they probably deserved one out of those four uh, they, yeah, they deserve probably one win out of those last four it's going to come eventually, it's going to be an upset game, because Hawthorne aren't expected to win many games, and this could be it, down at the Fortress or so-called, probably wouldn't call it a Fortress anymore, but They do like to play down there in Tassie. Absolutely.
0: And if you keep tipping the same upset each week, then eventually it comes off and you can... That's right. right.
1: Throwing up darts of the dump, one is going to (laughs) hit.
0: Yeah. Well, it's it's just the same dart. Hawthorne, upset. Hawthorne, upset. Each and every week. But that's what we have to see. True fandom. True belief in the boys. And the stats back you up. As you said, Hawthorne attacking prowess. Absolutely. They had the highest scores per inside 50% in the competition they're running hot. In the last four rounds, they're going at over 50%. Every time they enter, they score from over 50%. Brisbane, only 42%. The downside and the reality check for Hawthorne here is they've lost the inside 50 count by 16 yeah. each game this year. So uh, they don't get in there enough, but when they do, they score and they keep things. That's why they get, st- get themselves into games or out to big leads as well. So mm. maybe closer than what people would expect, but I'll definitely tipping Brisbane, but you've made a very f- solid and found case for the Hawks. And I won't be surprised if they That's come all up, back on the weekend. That's
1: I after. I'll take that.
0: <laughs> and our, fun- our final one for the tipsters out there, your tipping comp winner, the one that you should just take a deep breath and make a sensible decision about, Adelaide versus St. Kilda. And again, mm. G, explain yourself here. The Crows, yes. in yeah. the end, got pumped by Brisbane. Saints... They, they they won off back of one quarter against Geelong, but use things to think that this might be a tripwire game. So why is this a tricky one to pick?
1: I'm gonna level with you, Gordo. Uh, I, I, <laughs> this is probably more of an upset than it is uh, a tipping a tipping pick. But um, and I, I I couldn't really find many upsets this week to be honest. They all seem very one sided. If um yeah, if I'm being truthful, but. Yeah, I think we, we touched on that Adelaide-Geelong game last week and, I mean, yes, St. Kilda can score heavily very quickly. We've seen that a few times this year, actually. They're very dangerous. But over four quarters, I don't think they've been that great um, in a lot of their games, to be honest. Um, yeah, certainly not last week. I thought Geelong were better for three quarters. Um then, obviously, uh, the week before, they got done by Melbourne. Um, they were probably bad for three quarters in that one as well. And uh, I think they they went on a string of two or three losses in a row, um, obviously losing to Port Adelaide. I don't think they were very good across four quarters in that one as well. So, um, yes, they, they obviously travel now away from home to Adelaide. Crows aren't doing so great this year, obviously. But, you know, playing away from home... Are we really going to back St. Kilda into, um, you know, go on those eight, nine goal runs like they, you know, like they've shown in the last, like they showed last week. But um, yeah, I don't know. I, I can never tip St. Kilda with confidence. I know they're in the top eight. I know they're pushing for top four, but something about them, I just, I'm not really sold on yet. And, um, yeah, I I don't know. I think maybe Adelaide, much like Hawthorne, they're probably due for a win. Um, They caused that upset against uh, the Doggies. So if they can maybe shut that game down a little bit like they did there and even against Brisbane last week in the first half, I think they could maybe, you know, cause St. Kilda a few issues.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. I think, yeah, Saints fans themselves have been quite nervous all year. And again, off the back of that Geelong performance, I don't think they, as much as the media was, came out and said, absolutely, this is a team that can go deep into finals. They've shown that they can, they can turn it on in patches. They have, the, they have one of the best ruckmen in the competition when he's out in the field, mm-hmm. Paddy Ryder. So everything points to a St. Kilda win. But as you said, there's trust issues there because they don't do it in a dominant fashion. They're definitely not up near a Melbourne or Brisbane where you can kind yeah. of tip and forget. They're not quite like a Geelong at home, where you kind of like you should back them in. They definitely still feel like a six to ten side, where you know each week they should win against a side that's below them on the ladder. But you wouldn't be surprised if they didn't. And mm-hmm. so, you know, if they want to prove their point and solidify themselves in the top eight, this is the week where they go out and they get the job done against Adelaide by you know forty points or something like that. But yeah, I don't have that vibe. I definitely wouldn't be picking them win by plenty. You'd be picking him to win. So I agree here. You can definitely talk yourself into it, into a yeah. tip for Adelaide. You can talk yourself into the upset, but I don't think either of us are doing it.
1: No, I probably won't either. <laughs> but in, look, yeah, I, I think, um, yeah, there's definitely, again, there's definitely potential. It's probably going to be more of an upset than not. I wouldn't put your house on it, it wouldn't be one of my uh, put your house on a picks, but. Yeah, you never know. Adelaide Oval get the crowd behind them a bit. The Crows and yeah, they they they're all they're looking they can look dangerous at times.
0: Before we get to our put your house on it picks, we have some super coach issues to resolve. Ooh. Who is your essential purchase this week? As we as we round is the important games. This is where you can catch up because yep. as people's you know influence as their concentration starts to fatigue. You can pick some teams up, some games up against some teams that have forgot to, uh, you know, flick some trades when a couple of key injuries happen. So who are we picking up this week to turn our fortunes around?
1: I've got Dustin Martin this week, Gordo. I think he's another relatively cheap uh, premium option. He's only played the three games this year. But he's scored pretty well in all three, um, considering you know he had a few weeks off in that uh, in those opening few weeks as well. But 10983 and 119, so he's well worth more than um, what his current price is at 509k. Um, and he also loves playing against the bombers um, on the big stage for dream time at the G. So I think he's due for another another big occasion, another big game performance from Dusty. So. Um, I'd pack. I'd pick him with confidence, but bear in mind the last few picks that I've uh, put into this uh, segment, they've backfired terribly because I had Travis spoke in there last week. He followed it up with thirty, and I picked Tom Mitchell a couple of weeks ago, and uh, he had fourteen touches against Essendon and got dropped. So <laughs> I might have a curse or something going on here. So pick uh, Dustin Martin uh for your super coach team but yeah certainly beware of the curse
0: there you go or fade or fade him if he's in your, in your squad now flick him out for some other premium pick that you can yeah, get for five hundred and nine thousand dollars
1: absolutely absolutely
0: <laughs> something that we have been enjoying some prosperous results with has been our put your house on it picks and i'll start off with mine this week my prop is that i'm dreaming on points with a dream time at the G game. I believe that the total will go over the 175.5 on Saturday night because Mm. Essendon can't defend. Essendon cannot defend. Each of their last five matches at the MCG have gone over the total match points line. And Richmond showed it against Hawthorne last week. They can can score and score plenty if necessary, and if allowed to, if you're going to show a lapse in defence, a lapse in concentration I will score heavily against you. Or if you like to cough at the football, let them intercept and rebound and do what the old Richmond used to do back in their dynasty days. So expect lots and lots of points on Saturday night. And probably you can fare there a Richmond win as well. But mm-hmm. my pick is to please keep it interesting. So I've got the Gold Coast and Hawthorne. I've bought into your belief here, Nikki G, to keep the margin Great. within three goals. So the bookmakers are giving you three goals line there for both those both those teams, I reckon the Suns are more than a sneaky chance against the Bulldogs. And Nick's convinced me of how Hawthorne can take it up to them as well. So Mm. hopefully that gives us you know, four or five interesting close games as opposed to just the one on tonight. But what are your put your house on it picks of the week, Nick?
1: Well, my prop this week, I've done a bit of research. And like I mentioned earlier, Carlton, Love, first quarters um they tend to lead a quarter time they've done so in their last five matches and playing at home again tonight uh, i think they i think they'll lead a quarter time again um, it seems like a pretty safe pick um, yeah so i'll probably i'll back the blues in for that one and my pick is I've, I've just gone richmond in this one like like you mentioned um essendon essendon just don't know how to defend They've been bashed in the media all week uh, about being soft and, you know, usually when uh, the Bombers are um, thrown into the cauldron, they do come out and respond like they did a couple of weeks ago. But I think Richmond, they've got too many weapons going forward and I just can't see how Essendon will be able to stop that. So, uh, yeah, an easy pick this week for me is Richmond. I could have gone Melbourne over North, but <laughs> I think that was a bit too obvious.
0: There's a few bit too obvious ones there, but that's uh, that's football when it comes to to round ten. We're into the middle rounds, and we're also well into Friday afternoon. So that's all we have time for on this week's weekend watch list. But uh, be sure to be tuning in on Tuesday morning, where we'll wrap up the weekend's action in our round review around the water cooler. If you have any hot takes on the weekend and want to do what Dario does and take over his belt as number one fan, send us in a voicemail uh, via our Twitter at afl pretty live Otherwise, enjoy the football this weekend.